0: The New Age Christianity Podcast is brought to you by. Hello, New Age Christian family. This is Austin Fletcher, and you are listening to the New Age Christian Podcast. This is episode number 20. And today, we're doing another interview with a New Age Christian. Specifically, I'm going to introduce you to one of my best friends and one of the people who has been around this New Age Christian journey more than just about anybody else except for maybe my wife. His name is Christopher Teasdale and he is an international man of mystery. Born in the United States and raised primarily in South Africa. He spent a lot of his time as a missionary's kid in various parts of Africa and South America as well. He's got a lot of great perspectives that I think, honestly, us Americans could use to uh, open our ears up to. And beyond that, he's one of the most introspective people I know. He's been an amazing friend and an amazing confidant in my process of becoming a New Age Christian. And I have no doubt that you're going to love some of these things that he has to share with you. So as always, let's get started. Hey there, everybody. Here we are, another episode, an interview with a new age Christian. Christopher Teasdale is in the house.
1: Hi, everybody.
0: So uh, Christopher, I have mentioned him on probably, I don't know, three or four of the episodes at this point, and uh, we're only like 12 episodes in, so you're... You're in a third of the episodes, <laughs> at least by name. Yeah. Um, so as a reminder or a public service announcement, you know, the, um, these interviews with New Age Christians, the intention is to organically define what it is to be a New Age Christian, what New Age Christianity believes, the common experiences that we have as someone who has stood up and built newagechristianity.org, started a podcast and writing blogs and everything like that. Clearly, you know, there's a lot of the definition of this that, that I'm creating. But in the end, just because I carry something doesn't mean that the average everyday New Age Christian carries those same things. And so in the end, just as Christianity doesn't necessarily always look like Jesus, <laughs> That's true. New Age Christianity isn't always necessarily going to look like me. So I want to introduce people to other New Age Christians and hopefully over time we can really develop an identity and that these conversations and other people would help define what that is. Mm-hmm. So here you are, As this is the third interview that uh, I'll have done, we already did one with Kaylee and one okay. with Kat, mm-hmm. and as my introduction to Christopher Teasdale, uh, he has, of all the people in this, when I say we and us, um, with new age Christianity of all the people by far you have been the most engaged in this journey with me we've yeah. been uh, you've been one of my best friends for 14 years now 14 years yeah oh my gosh and getting close to being half of our lives is being best friends that's a that's amazing and we're missing the other one in this crew would be Jason tonneson yeah, yeah. who uh, and he even he wasn't with us for a couple of years because we lived in different places so that's right. Um, it really has been primarily you and me. So I've been looking forward to introducing you to the people yeah. and people to you. So say hello to the people.
1: Man, I, <laughs>
0: it's so nice to be on here and
1: I'm, I'm so I look forward to every podcast because it's so much part of my heart, so
0: for sure. Awesome. Yeah awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, to dive right in, I am assuming at this point, <laughs> you do identify as a new age Christian. That's true. Yeah. So, what what does being a New Age Christian mean to you? It means to me freedom, Mm.
1: and I would say that it it doesn't mean freedom from, it means freedom to.
0: Mm. Can you unpack that?
1: Yeah, because a lot of us come out of something, so we're being given freedom to come out of something. You can only come out of something for so long. <laughs> so for myself it's freedom to express freedom to grow freedom to create freedom to do introspection so you can truly be yourself mm. and um, that in a nutshell is what I believe new age Christianity is for me
0: that's be- that's I do know a lot of us for years struggled like well i know what i don't believe in right right i yeah. know what i'm not yeah. anymore i'm not this i'm not that i don't believe this i don't believe that
1: mm.
0: but yeah the the ability to what do i replace this with
1: yeah because you can only hold the vibration of freedom from for so long it's like the picture of being a slave and then being free well i was freed from Right. But now what am I free to be and to do and to express? to create
0: So what is what are some of the? In the difference between where you came from so you were born and raised Christian We should probably I introduce people to your your yeah. history a bit. I forget like yeah. We're so close It's like all, all the stuff. I just automatically know about you. Yeah, yeah, so
1: I was born and raised a charismatic Christian um, my parents were missionaries and have been for the majority of my life with various denominations but majority with Pentecostal style Christian Protestant Christianity okay so I, I believe that it gave me a firm foundation in the word It gave me a firm foundation in the Bible but it also gave me the ability to do a little bit of of adventure spiritually in the Christian realm because that would be you know something that would be the opposite of that would be that you're in a very strict liturgical type of Christianity or religion where you cannot express or go out the color outside the lines at all right and had I uh, Grown up in that in that kind of environment. I think it'd be a completely different inv- individual than I am today
0: for sure having spent uh, being been on staff in a liturgical church before and having My younger brother be he's not liturgical, but he's certainly In one of the more traditional mindsets. It's very right, right. There is absolutely a subculture or a subconscious freedom inside of the more charismatic yeah. Christian denominations yeah. that says there's you know it's it's <laughs> I guess you have to be a little bit more free to talk about angels and, right. and miracles right. and, and push into prophecy and stuff like that. So. Right,
1: right. I won't say that I found uh, much within it, but I did find the first pieces of my identity. Within, within that because there, there is a lot that can be lost within that um, I would say genre of Christian religion
0: right
1: um, just because a modern western culture has taken that and turned it into a monster that I know not of it's just something that's way out there but it did give me the understanding of what prophecy is mm-hmm gave me an understanding of what the spirit realm was to some degree. But it was a basis and a foundation. I won't say that it was super firm, but, <laughs> but I will say that it was the start. And, I'm, and I am thankful for that. And yeah, so they were, my, my parents were uh, charismatic, Protestant uh, missionaries, most of the time in Africa. Right. Eastern Europe and some in South America and Central America, but so I grew up constantly traveling and not knowing where was home. And home, not having home, is kind of a uh, interesting thing because it's not just geographical. You learn that internally, you don't really know where home is, mm. and it set me on a quest to discover what was home because everyone would talk about, well, I'm going home for Christmas, or I'm going home for this or for that, and I would never understand really what that
0: was. In the charismatic circles, did they talk about like your home church?
1: Yes, commonly, and then I would hear it, and it would always hit a chord within me that was, there was a little bit of dissonance because I never knew what that was. So finding home for me spiritually was a a quest that drew me coming out of that into more maturity. It was, yeah, that was a very significant point in my life as well. And again, if I wasn't raised a missionary, I probably wouldn't have been seeking as much.
0: Sure. What's interesting is you said finding home for you spiritually. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you defined New Age Christianity right out of the gate as freedom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't help but think of the um, the typology of Israel. Yes. When they come into the Promised Land, that's home. But once they're in the Promised Land, you're talking about a massive territory to discover. Absolutely. And that each tribe would go find their boundaries, and that when when you you know if you look at the prophecies about that you would get houses that you did not build and vineyards you did not plant and that's wells right. you did not dig, you have to go discover that. That's right. Right. You have to actually, yes, this is home, but in it being home, it is a vast, and I would say New Age Christianity fits that for those of us who might be wanderers. Yes. Because I was in well, right? I, mm-hmm. My story is a bit different in the sense that I didn't grow up a missionary's kid. I grew up in a wealthy household in mm-hmm. Phoenix, Arizona, you know, Christian private school, yeah. you know, and for me, I think my catalyst was when my parents got divorced and I was 14. Yeah. And. It was a point at which I intentionally, in some ways I feel bad, in other ways it's just, it is what it is, but I, I remember the conversation with my mother where I told her, I was like, I love you, I love you and dad, but you have forfeited your position in my life as modeling the, the people I wanna become. Right. right, And I'm gonna go find mentors and I'm gonna find them yeah. and I intentionally set out almost like Abraham I set out for my father's territory and I decided I'm gonna go find something better Yeah, but in the New Age Christianity that wanderer or that explorer Kind of has never had to be set aside. I haven't had to settle and be like, okay now this is all that all I believe in and no more.
1: Yeah, you yeah. learn that the boundaries are vast hmm and you learn also that much of um, all of humanity is looking for acceptance and what they traditionally find is acceptance from home Mm -hmm. so then spiritually you're looking for acceptance in a home so to speak where you can break bread with someone and have commonality Mm -hmm. not sameness but commonality it's a it's a journey that i think all of humanity's on
0: I find it fascinating to consider that you can define a a spiritual construct known Mm. as Christianity, Mm. New Age Christianity, and in it to genuinely say nothing is off limits. That's right. The the boundary is so vast, you can almost functionally say there isn't one. Mm -hmm. There are few landmarks You know such as who Jesus is when he's logic I think that was episode number four if you're if you haven't listened to the podcast episode number four talking about the logos um, talking about Jesus Mm -hmm. and who he is to this group and then you have other landmarks such as honor and freedom and preferring one another so it's not that there isn't points at which we kind of all choose to agree Mm -hmm. but to call them boundaries you know, you cannot go past this. I mean, that
1: doesn't exist in this.
0: I think this is a group of professional, uh, you know, boundary breakers. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, what's what's the term for people who blow stuff up for a living? <laughs> oh, demolition. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We're demolition experts. Like yeah. th- this New Age Christianity community is filled with people who are like, oh, there's a boundary. Get my C four. You yep. know I'm
1: gonna Get my Semtex. Blow it out and find out what's on the other side of fear. You know, we've talked uh, personally before of what that membrane is like passing through the membrane of fear Mm. and knowing what is on the other side of that is always a treasure. Yes. There's always something to be discovered that if you had not passed through that membrane of fear, whether it's social, relational, spiritually, then you would never have discovered what was on the other side of it. So within this, absolutely you're right. There's not boundaries.
0: I think you're probably looking at a subculture of people that if we were to give them boundaries, yeah, they, they, would, they, they would turn into a target. That's <laughs> right. right, yeah. Here's your boundaries. Sweet. boundary, sweetie. Thanks for giving me my next goal. Oh, <laughs> a boundary, okay, I'm gonna go for that.
1: Yeah, I wanted to mention in that light with new age Christianity, you would see it as religion, but I think that what people have missed with religion is using it as a tool as opposed to creating sameness. Mm. Our created never intended for sameness. Otherwise you would look identical to me and I I'd look identical to you and we'd act exactly the same and all of that, but where's the, the beauty in that he, he created so that there could be complete and utter difference and find commonality, but not sameness. That's not the point. Mm-hmm. And, and most religions of the earth have taken sameness and made it the mantra, as opposed to finding a common tool to use in life and then discovering the beauty of difference mm. from...
0: I heard somebody actually yesterday, so uh, one of the other projects I work on is the Yeah. and we're starting to record a weekly podcast where mm. it's a group of us, we're, we're journeying on together, and then we're essentially just recording that journey, right? Yeah. And they've ordered a podcasts and blogs and stuff like that.
1: Yeah.
0: And it's pretty fun. It's It's actually given me an opportunity to just get back into some intentional... You know, intentional growth. You and I for years Mm -hmm. have sent each other YouTube videos and blogs and and little snippets here and there because intentionally maturing and intentionally becoming something we wanted to be Mm -hmm. is very important to us. And that's probably what's kept our friendship so strong is because we share that. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But in the last year and a half, starting the Epic, NAC and other projects, it has been difficult to find the time to do that. And so this has been actually pretty exciting for 2019, being able to get back into that. All that to say, mm-hmm. this last week, we were, or the topic was living life in a digital age. Yeah. And I found a guy, I don't know if you've heard of, Elaine de Botton, I think is, it and he, it's a dude, mm-hmm. it's spelled Alain with an A, Okay. Uh,
1: yeah.
0: and it's a cool name.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, anyway, and he is an atheist, uh-huh. And he's got a TED talk called Atheism 2.0. I actually posted it on New Age Christianity. Uh-huh. But in there, he talks about exactly what you're saying taking religion and removing the dogma, mm-hmm. but realizing what religion has learned, tool wise, mm-hmm. what religion has learned how to do really, really well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And it's it was the first time I had ever really heard somebody articulate the values of that community and. And, and even he does talk about repetition, you know, how yeah. the value of it, you know, we he talks about when you go to school and they teach you, you know, Edgar Allan Poe, and 40 years later, after you've spent a, a career as an accountant, you're supposed to also remember Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. you know, that's just not how we work. And religion's True. figured that out. That's right. And they say, hey, every year you celebrate this, every, mm-hmm. every week you do this, every day you do this. Mm-hmm. And that repetition and, and viewing Religion and he does a a really good job of viewing religion as an institution that has created tools Yeah, and that those tools have given us this really beautiful value Yeah, and I think I listened to it. I was like, oh my gosh This is new-age Christianity minus one ingredient. He doesn't believe in God,
1: right?
0: I'm like because everything else is exactly yeah well see religion
1: has had the tool of that repetition and of ritual Mm -hmm. and all that religion has been seeking for in those rituals and in their culture is finding home Mm. so if you know what it's like to walk out of a very familiar religion in Mm -hmm. traditional christianity well immediately you find yourself floundering Because you're trying to figure out which way is up. Yep. And you're on this journey and it starts to feel very lonely. Yeah. And for sure. And and one of the things that religion does provide is ritual and commonality, which is where people find the semblance of home. So then when that's removed (laughs) and you are floundering and trying to discover and you find commonality in something like a podcast like this where People find the commonality of that spiritual journey, right? Then they're starting to find ritual and home and all of that and It's the most beautiful thing humanity Has is home that safety that the the beauty of that sharing
0: So I'm gonna I'm gonna take what you just said I'm gonna make a, a marketing clip because that's that is absolutely the point of this project.
1: Yeah,
0: right. Yeah. It was. So, what would you say? I mean, give or take a hundred people at any given time. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've been as, a, as few in number as four. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we've been as uh, you know prolific in, in in our associations as hundreds of people. Many, many. Yeah. You know, um, and anywhere in between this journey where people have come and gone and mm-hmm. come and gone. Yeah. We've been fortunate to have a relationship this entire... Well, even there was a there was about a year and a half where you and I weren't really connected. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and it just seems to be... Uh, there's been seasons where my wife and I haven't necessarily been on the same page. In my recent journeys back to, quote-unquote, the father's house and everything like that, yeah. there was about a year where she just wasn't feeling it. You know? yeah. So there is a measure of aloneness, mm-hmm. even if you're in company. That's true. Um, and finding who it is you need to become and this just oh my gosh that's, to me that is the reason for the 12 tribes typologically absolutely. speaking absolutely yeah you talked about us not being the same I mean logic dictates that we who I am actually illuminates who you're not absolutely yeah right well, you wouldn't know that you're a male if, there did, if females didn't exist if they didn't exist yeah. because everything would just be male right yeah. Yeah. you wouldn't know that you're what are you Five eleven, yeah. 5/10. You know, yeah. if if there wasn't something other than five eleven, if right. everything was five eleven, you would you would, would just... know there was a difference. Yeah. So the fact that there's variety is actually the point. Absolutely, because it frames who we actually are. Yeah. And we look at variety. A lot of people just like Adam and Eve did.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They looked at their difference mm-hmm. between them and God as proof that they weren't right. As and I am not. As opposed to as proof that they are right philosophically there's a lot in there so much I've, I've unpacked a few things Chris and I we've sat over I don't know a few thousand cigars over yeah. the years yeah and, uh, we know exactly what each other means but um, yeah it's variety and community and that journey if New Age Christianity can be a home for people then I would say mission accomplished absolutely so yeah.
1: I have something to add to that it's that uh, you know Belief is vitally important. Obviously, we know it vibrationally, what it creates and, and what it destroys. And we know it, how it affects the body. If we believe that it's the problem, we're going to have physical problems. Right. Well, I've, I've never really shared this part of who I am, but I believe that it is virtually impossible for any two humans to believe exactly the same. Mm. Metaphysically, and you know, through the study of neuroplasticity and neurology and all of that, you know that someone's, even if we're twins, born of the same mother and experience as much as possible the same controls in life to have the same experiences, our two beliefs cannot be the same. It's not virtually impossible. So it is proof to me that sameness is not the the end result. Sameness is not the end result. Oneness is an acceptance that someone's on a on a different journey is the end result. Mm-hmm. Sameness is not. The many faceted gem that humanity is is the beauty of how we've been created.
0: Oneness versus sameness. Yeah. I mean, you meditate on, meditate on that for years, yeah. And I think at the core of that you find the the heart cry of humanity is oneness, mm-hmm. and I think many many people have mistaken it for sameness. Yeah. And therefore we then argue against each other as opposed to preferring one another.
1: Yeah. And for me, that is the picture of probably the paramount thing that religion has gotten wrong around the world, is that belief needs to be exactly the same (laughs) or you're not a part of the club, you know? Mm. Whereas in this type of environment that is accepting and allowing someone to find home without boundaries, then we know that belief can differ and find acceptance and home with the same breath. That's
0: It's it's one of those I Have as a teacher. I have pushed against the challenge of Realizing that to be a teacher you have to have some goal in mind. Yes. Of, of getting people to The quote unquote right answer, right? And it's the right answer that you believe yet at the same time I've, I've known I've embraced I have celebrated the fact that next week I will believe things (laughs) that I don't currently believe. And if I were to, you know, I don't know if I've ever, no, that's actually not true. I had a major experience when we were first becoming good friends that I found myself teaching at the church I was employed at. (laughs) And then the next week I recanted what I said the week before. And then the week after that, I recanted my recant because I was right, but I just didn't know that I was right in the way that I was right.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. And so... You, you hold as a teacher like this, like we all need to believe the same quote-unquote, or you need to believe what I believe,
1: yeah
0: yet I fully value the fact that actually if you do believe everything I believe,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then why are you here? <laughs> right, exactly. Right, because yeah. yeah. the world only needs one of me. This is right, yeah. And the world only really needs one of you. Yeah. So I'm trying to get people to be like me? Clearly not. Mm-hmm. The goal is help you become fully you. Yeah and there's some common identity issues, mm-hmm. right? I think it is safe to assume that we all need to believe that we are God in the flesh. Mm-hmm. It's safe to assume that we all need to believe that we're righteous and right. that we're good, that right. we're creators. Mm-hmm. Those are just the the root foundational beliefs of which everything, there's no two trees that have grown exactly the same right. yeah, because of the wind and the you know, a squirrel stands on this branch long enough, and it just changes the trajectory of that branch growth slightly, for, for yeah. your, you know, yeah. that, this variety, even if it's subtle, is absolutely the point.
1: That's right, yeah.
0: If we looked at belief like a
1: seed, and if we looked at it as something that grows, it means and it implies that there's going to be change with the belief. <laughs> even if you believe that love is wonderful, you and I can believe that one l- love is wonderful, but in different varying levels, our belief of that love will grow and the wind in your life may turn it to the left a bit and to my life and may turn it to the right a bit. It still is the belief that love is wonderful, mm-hmm. but there's variance on
0: purpose. <laughs> and <that's, laughs> and that is, I think that's the point of what we're like to get through to the audience. Everyone knows everybody's different. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have this kind of subconscious like, well, I guess I need to accept it. Yeah. Sure. (laughs) How about the idea of embracing it and actually celebrating and realizing, oh my goodness, God himself, herself, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is experiencing being Mm -hmm. in a way that he has never experienced Mm
1: -hmm.
0: in and through you. And that is why we were created. That's why the entire universe came into being. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning was the I am, the singular I am, in which everything was the same.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And everything was him, and everything was, was one, mm-hmm. and the same. And the goal is to be one with variety, to be one with difference, to be one with the ability to frame each other. Mm-hmm and the beauty of individual expression
1: and that's the new expression and the new variance and the new growth in God yes as God it's God growing and expressing and discovering newness
0: as a I think there's a teaching on the website already um, the teaching I did in the basement a few years ago God 2.0 that God is becoming a new expression of himself in and through us before us he didn't have a body and that, that is, by very definition, sameness is the antithesis of the point.
1: Right.
0: And uh, I think New Age Christianity, it's going to be a challenge long term, you know, 2,000 yeah. years be t- before the next age, and I believe this is the final age. It will be a challenge for New Age Christianity to hold that vibration, mm-hmm. that variety is the point, but I think we can do it.
1: I believe so. (laughs) If you look at nature, you can see that everything that was started and created has grown. Everything. Yes. You look at a tree, you look at a human, you look at an animal, you look at from let there be light all the way through, everything has grown and has never stopped growing. (laughs) Our understanding of that is also growing. Yes.
0: Yes, it's a, both, oh my gosh, so much. So yeah. you and I <laughs> have no trouble getting into... Uh, we can go in the deep end. D- yeah, real yeah. quick. Yeah. But this one, I do want to, so do you, did you find your journey to becoming a new age Christian? Was there anything that was difficult about it? You mean besides everything? <laughs> <laughs> what was the most difficult, or maybe draw out a few of the, you know, because there's other people out there. <laughs> Who are in the process of, well, I know what I don't believe, right, they've left Egypt, mm-hmm. but they have no clue where the hell they're going.
1: Right. So... Uh, one of the first things that you discover in coming out of what you've been familiar with, no matter what that religion might be, or no matter what that upbringing might be, is that once you come out of it, loneliness seems to be a thing. Mm-hmm it may not be as severe as you think it is right at first but it is something you have to discover where it fits and what its purpose is for you Hmm. because I think a lot of it is actually to draw you to introspection as opposed to everything that I'm missing out of because of the culture I came out of or because of the religion that I left look at loneliness as an actual opportunity for introspection and finding out what is on the inside and if you're okay with being by yourself. Because mm. you can be your best friend if you're okay with that, but it takes quite a journey to find that.
0: It certainly does. And there's levels of it. Absolutely. Right, yeah. you find out yeah. on one level, oh yeah, oh, I've learned this lesson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Holy Spirit's like, <laughs> I'll sure, talk okay. to you next okay. year.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, I yeah. learned it even deeper. Yeah. yeah, I'll talk to you about two years from now.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, for me, that culminated most recently reading the book, The Four Agreements. Oh,
1: yeah. Beautiful.
0: And, and yeah. the story for me on how that came to me was obviously, absolutely the Holy Spirit
1: yeah.
0: wanted me to read it. And I abs- I walked away. <laughs> I was telling my wife, Joni, about, you know, what my takeaway was. And she, she read it she was like, how did you get that? <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's how the Holy Spirit works. And, um, yeah. you know, he just, you know, he prepared me for a particular lesson, and it was absolutely. If you become the type of person that, then the four agreements are that you take, you know, don't take anything personally, don't assume, be impeccable, with, to yourself? be impeccable with your word, and um, do your best. Always yes. do your best. Yes and when you become that person and on, a, on the deepest level that i currently understand which is pretty freaking deep <laughs> that if you become so much that person you essentially become immovable yeah. and the world cannot manipulate you the people mm-hmm. you love cannot manipulate you mm-hmm. circumstances cannot manipulate you and you are a very, m- the very a very pure and most beautiful definition of being alone yeah right and i look at jesus I think this dude never was alone physically. I mean, he was always, and he would, actually, that's not true, he would would pull himself away to go be alone. But, I mean, imagine being him in the world. Like, he was the very definition of alone Hmm. on a world, a fallen world that had had not yet understood its righteousness, not yet understood its sonship. Mm -hmm. And you at some point if you want to be like Christ you have to fully embrace your i am regardless
1: yeah what's what's amazing to discover in that loneliness and why people fear it so much is because of the mind hmm. so they're not okay with hearing the nonsense that comes with their mind all the time because it tends to drive them crazy <laughs> you know we know from scripture, taking every thought into captivity, and we know it as, you know, a passing glance of scripture. Right. But it comes it becomes very real when you're by yourself. <laughs> and it becomes something that once you have allowed thoughts to come in and to go freely, as opposed to holding them and thinking about them constantly and And meditating over them constantly, even though they're not serving you any good purpose, Mm. allowing them to flow in and out is imperative to you being able to navigate the waters of the journey of a new spiritual dynamic, new spiritual
0: um, growth. Yeah, I mean and that the voice in there says I shouldn't be thinking this. Yeah. <laughs> I should. How, oh my gosh! How did I think that? I, how yeah. can I doubt this? Or have You have to let it flow. That's right. Because it is. It's yeah. coming from. It's everything's energy. And it's coming from the inside. That's right. I gave this audience by this point knows Cat mm-hmm. and I was speaking with her. I believe it was yesterday, mm-hmm. and um, some of the stuff that she's going through is kind of along the lines of being alone and mm-hmm. right. and. I encouraged her. I said, you know, you should take some time to do some mirror work. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful. Like, yeah. yeah. Look, look yourself in the eyes in yes. the mirror. Yes. When you're crying. Yes. When you're happy. Mm-hmm. When you're indifferent. When you're curious. Take every opportunity you can. When you're washing your hands. We all go to the bathroom a couple times a day, right? Right. Assuming you wash your hands. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah hopefully. You're going to stare in a mirror at least a couple times a day. Yeah. Whenever you're looking at that mirror, look yourself in the eyes and open up to what the spirit would say to you, what your soul would say to you.
1: There's such a high bar that we set for ourselves in most areas of life, especially internally. Mm -hmm. We set these bars that are unattainable, that are just (laughs) something that is complete nonsense and that you shouldn't have set in the first place. And we hold ourselves to that and then we get down on ourselves because we could not pass that bar. Well, the first thing in doing that mirror work that I, was, that I discovered was compassion on myself. Oh my gosh. I didn't even know where this compassion was coming from. But in staring very closely into my own eyes, I discovered that I had the right and the ability to take it easy on myself. In every area of life to hold myself to account to what I needed to yeah but to not hold myself to a bar that was unattainable as well
0: it's an interesting mix because I remember one specific time um, I don't know if you call a session or whatever but mirror Mm -hmm. time in the mirror it was a it was the perfect balance of I was very disappointed in myself Mm -hmm. and I was being honest with myself about why I was disappointed Mm -hmm and i thought it was you didn't reach this you didn't reach this bar therefore you suck try harder do better you're still right. going to suck you're never going to reach it
1: mm-hmm.
0: and and it wasn't that and it was the being honest with myself of why i was disappointed with myself is was more philosophically underpinning the fact that i had given myself a bar yeah. that i had yeah. and it was like austin you're you're setting yourself up for failure you're and it was like this deeply honest Because you can be honest with yourself and realize, hey, you're full of shit. Right. But Mm -hmm. in that honesty, realizing, and the reason you're full of shit is because your expectations are shit. Yeah. (laughs) So let those go. And it's like this mix of compassion and honesty. And you do that enough times. And you will know yourself. Absolutely. You know thyself. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: And it's the greatest discovery. As much as you can discover the universe and how much we haven't discovered the depths of the sea. Discovering ourselves Mm -hmm. is going to be the most beautiful discovery you'll ever encounter in your life. I've been around the world and seen all these places and things, but there's nothing as fulfilling as comforting as finding home inside.
0: Do you think that has anything to do with why Jesus was driven into wilderness? Absolutely, because
1: at some point all the noise must stop, yeah. all the expectations of others have to stop, and you have to decide where you stand. Yeah, that story of being in the wilderness like that is...
0: And the three temptations? Yeah. Maybe I should do a podcast on that. So.
1: It's a powerful one.
0: Yeah, those, those three temptations really are the core, the core of humanity's challenge.
1: All of humanity can benefit from understanding that. Yeah. It didn't matter what book it came from. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, and yeah, there are multiple versions of that story. Yeah. Jesus lived it out. Yeah. The, um, so I'm curious to move on with the interview side <laughs> of things <laughs> Because I'm interviewing you, Chris. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm curious. So when somebody asks you what you believe, <laughs> or what group you know, where do you go to church or you know that that age, especially when you're coming out of I'm sure that we have a large majority of people listening to this podcast who, who were known as Christians or were known as new age, you know whatever community if you're on a journey mm. the people that are in your life at some point go well where do you go to church now right or what do you believe now or
1: yeah.
0: so what do you say when people ask you those questions
1: well very recently as of the last year of my life and it may change tomorrow just so you know (laughs) beliefs grow and change as as we said like a seed but as of recently my expression to them is very on purpose and i feel like spirit really led me to this was i had people asking me constantly online and through email and through text and and just in person so what is it that you believe And my answer to them now is that, And it sounds a bit spiteful, but it's not. It has very strong intention behind its It doesn't matter what I believe. It matters what you believe. Sure. And if you can think of it with a mirror between us, if you then said the same thing to me, what kind of transaction is taking place vibrationally when the responsibility of belief actually is placed on the one asking that.
0: It's always assumed that like people, inside their question is the assumption that your beliefs somehow are important enough to me yeah. to like, for yeah. it to matter. And, and all it is
1: really is the I am not speaking out. Right. And saying share with me what you believe because I probably need to know that as what I believe as opposed to what I already believe. right. <laughs> and and the true discoveries in them looking internally so it actually doesn't matter what i believe it matters what they believe and it's met with a bit of you know it's a met, it's met with a bit of uh vinegar at first but then they actually get the the point of it
0: i've, I've i have to i too have found it interesting that when you get pe- people who ask that question I would say ninety nine times out of a hundred, they are not asking it introspectively. True. They're asking it probably a bit judgy, right? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. What so is it times. you believe? Because I need to know if I if I'm if you're acceptable or not.
1: Yeah. Are you part of the club? There's a bit of an inquisition going right. on. Right. Yeah. The
0: the occasional person will go, I really like who you are. I wanna what is it that you believe? And it is more of an introspective and that's the person when you say it doesn't matter what I believe, but they'll go Oh my gosh, thank you so much. Yeah. You know, yeah, Because yeah. they are coming from an introspective reason. It's true. So when you, yourself, those listening to this podcast, when you ask other people their beliefs, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> right. But are you asking as an accuser? Are you asking as someone who's going to now draw judgment on their beliefs mm-hmm. and whether or not you can hang out with them? Right. Or are you asking because you see something in them that you genuinely are curious. Like, what is it that you believe that would cause you to say that or do that? I think there's a vast difference in energy. Yeah, oh yeah,
1: definitely. You can feel it immediately.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like walking into a room where you know that there's been an argument between two people. Nothing is said, but you immediately excuse yourself and walk out the room. (laughs) And walking into a room where there's a difference between that and walking into a room where there's like a surprise party for you.
0: Right. Where there's complete acceptance. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And you can feel it. The know, energy. Vibrationally,
0: I mean, yeah. I've never actually drawn... I've used it one about arguing. Yeah. I've never used drawn the comparison of, like, yeah, the, the when there's a room where you're, you're about to be celebrated. Yeah, that's... Like, uh, hopefully, some people have never experienced that, Yeah. unfortunately.
1: Hopefully, they uh, feel it here. That would, right. That would be a good thing.
0: So, I have two more questions for you. Go for and, it. And... Uh, so, what is there anything you miss about the old, your old way of being?
1: Is there anything I miss about that? I would say, to be honest, um, some of the ritual, now I'm learning where to place that energy now to create my own ritual hmm. for meditating and learning and growing, and all of that, but because now I know to, to view what I came out of and out of religion as a as a tool I'm now looking back at it for what I can gain from it to use as a tool and the one thing from that would be ritual because if for instance humanity people have, have, have not experienced consistency in life because they never had a consistent mother they never had a consistent father and there was zero consistency and they had nothing that they could depend on mm-hmm. when they do find religion they find it almost with a massive amount of codependency like a drug addict <laughs> because then the rituals provide for consistency right. and stability, and you can now take that same energy and utilize it in your own life Mm. for what good you can draw from it. And it doesn't matter whether that is your ritual of smudging or whether it's your ritual of prayer and, you know, a little, a sit spot, for instance. You know, it doesn't matter what that looks like, but if you've taken that ritual, I, I think, honestly, you have something to pass on. I have children, and then I also have people that are growing in their understanding and spiritually look to me like children. Mm-hmm. So if they see, like Jesus said, you don't believe what I say, that's fine. Believe my works. Right. Look at my works. You don't have to believe what I say. Look at my works. Well, some of those works were ritual.
0: Yeah, he regularly went away. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, the entire Jewish nation was built <laughs> around yeah. Ritual. Yeah. Now they were rituals that were pointing to something. Yes. And that's where so a well. lot of a lot of the modern Christian movement that moving back towards Judaism and those mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. it's like oh my gosh like guys that are the thing that all those are pointing to showed up two thousand years ago. Yeah. Anyway, that's another a rabbit trail. That's ritual is actually so that's something the spirit has been you know buzzing over mm-hmm. in me about and it, even the teaching I referenced that I listened to yesterday about that atheist yeah. guy. You Mm -hmm. talked about the ritual. You talked about the value of repetition. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been a conversation that my wife and I have had. I've talked to Kat about it. I've talked to you about it. And this reality that ritual has value only if you find it valuable. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I would love for New Age Christianity to be able to define this thing Mm -hmm. in such a way as to say, find your ritual yes and i think a, a religious mindset says oh, it can't you can't invent your own you're not your own god you know <laughs> you're not your own god you're not your own priest and it's like have you read the bible because you are a priest you are a king. <laughs> a king you know you are your own son and so yes by all means find the ritual that is valuable to you but by all means find ritual yeah you know tony robbins has his every morning he does his uh tend to dominate or something he has some name for it where he takes 10 minutes and does this this process everything it's powerful you know I know it's uh, it's powerful for the body for the mind mm -hmm. for
1: you spiritually you discover things within that time the rest of the world doesn't affect you like I said it comes in you see it come in you see it go out it's a way
0: to take your temperature absolutely your spirit you know we we know someone is sick when they're not at, at the average, you know, ninety eight point right. six degrees, right. mm-hmm. um, we know, you know, you can know that something's wrong or that something is changing or something is morphing in mm-hmm. you, if you have ritual to come back to. Now it takes awareness in the ritual. Yes. Right. Any ritual that just becomes rote, mm-hmm. loses its value. Yes. But to say every morning I wake up or every evening I do this or whatever, and you now have a baseline. That when I'm doing this, I check in with myself Mm -hmm. and I know that I am feeling X, Y, and I'm feeling above or below or on Mm -hmm. point with my average. And then you can examine why and then over time you can raise your average.
1: Yeah, that ritual can become home for you. Yes. Internally, you can carry it anywhere, even if you're away from the place that you call home or from the people that you call home. That ritual can become home.
0: So when you say you miss those, because the question was, what do you miss? Mm -hmm. Uh, Is there specific ones you miss or are you just saying that you're just now realizing, you're just now pushing into the value ritual and that soon enough you won't miss it anymore because you're going to create some.
1: Yeah, I'm definitely creating them. So So. I've I've gone from the place of missing them to discovering that I could create them. Mm. And that's been powerful. Along that journey you also discover that you should not build up and grow the ego with the intent of becoming spiritual.
0: <laughs>
1: because people can do that, they right. can create ritual and they can create all these things in the place that they call home spiritually and unintentionally be growing the ego as opposed to mm. growing
0: in, the, in who they are. You mean those people who just heard us talk about ritual <laughs> and then they went? I need to create my ritual. That's how I'm going to, yeah. my next journey is I must have my ritual.
1: If, if there's anything we've learned through this process, is the difference between striving and rest.
0: Yes. An organic yeah. I am Yes. Versus inorganic I am-not-ness. Right.
1: Because that will feel like striving, and it's going to create work for you. Yeah. As opposed to rest.
0: People listen to our deep baritone voices, and they think these guys are so spiritual. <laughs> If I want to become like them, I must have a morning ritual. No, that's actually bullshit.
1: Yeah, create your own.
0: There's value, and and create your own when it is naturally pulling itself out of you. Absolutely. If this inspires you, great. But if if you're like, oh, it's ritual, just put it in the back of your mind, and three years from now, when you're at that point in your journey where he says, all right, now it's time for you to have your ritual, then do it then.
1: Exactly. Allow that seed. It's time to germinate, allow it to go through its winter so when the sun comes on it that it sprouts forth You know all that uh, everything's got its time.
0: Absolutely. So one last question. Yeah And I asked this of everyone. So what impact do you think New Age Christianity should or could have on the world?
1: It could impact the world to the point of them becoming one and seeing the diversity and the beautiful facets that have been created within humanity.
0: Mm. Explain that.
1: Instead of the world looking at one another as you are other than me, you are the other, Mm. we can look at one another as one because we share vibration, we share so much that we don't even know is going on and embracing that allows us to understand that we're actually one we can have different ritual we can have a different way of living we can have different lenses to look at life through but we'll discover compassion and love like never before once we realize that that Person that is so called different than me is actually part of me because I'm discovering the part of me that I don't see within, I see it without myself.
0: The kingdom has only gotten more generous. Yes. Right. So for 2,000 years, you had a group of people that said they were the chosen ones. Right. Right. I'm in, you're out. Right. And Jesus came and said, as a matter of fact, your bloodline is irrelevant. That's right. Right. And the Gentiles are now included in this in and out. Yes. And now the Christians, 2,000 years later, have come in and said, well, you must believe what I believe. You know, Whether you're a you know Jew or a Greek is fine, but you must believe what I believe in order to be in. Mm-hmm. And I think what's coming in the coming age is, hey, Here's the secret guys, you're all in, you've always been in, you've never been out, and what you're doing is, inside the kingdom, you're discovering yourself.
1: Yes, this is all-inclusive, all-inclusive, all-encompassing. It doesn't just take on humanity, creation itself, nature itself will shift and change to the dynamic that we discover about
0: ourselves. It's the boundaries, so-called, of the kingdom. being completely removed and the only people that are outside of it outside of that kingdom are the ones who keep themselves out Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and those end up honestly being the religious people you know it ends up being the Christians the the Muslims the religions we are so familiar with Mm -hmm. as trying to define who's in and who's out
1: yeah
0: and (laughs) that kind of view it is you know if you have this this massive circle that's around everyone and it's just never-ending or maybe there's no circle but inside of this mass of people, there's these little circles called Christianity, or mm-hmm. Islam, or Judaism. And they're saying, we're in and you're out. And the reality is, by the fact that they've put a circle around themselves, they're the ones defining that they're actually out. Yeah. Right? That they are not. Mm-hmm. And the rest of humanity is. and the New Age religion is largely responsible for pushing this kind of oneness, or this openness. Mm-hmm but I think even the the modern secular individual you know for the we're coming into a new age absolutely humanity's consciousness is raising the technology and the information we have has gotten us to the point where most humans are starting to realize this religion in out us versus them thing isn't working and we have so much more in common than we do in difference Mm -hmm. and and that Acknowledgement is becoming, I believe, a beautiful source of the kingdom Is has got its final expansion to include everyone. Yes. And now the only thing that keeps you out, your own definition of, of the kingdom.
1: I don't want to be right for the sake of being right about this. I want to be right about this so that I can include. hmm So that I can discover what is that... Humanity shouldn't look at one another, that I am right and you are wrong, as opposed to seeing themselves within one another.
0: It's interesting. I have people close in my life who, you know, I love what you teach, I mean, but, you know, I love the fact that you say Jesus is non negotiable. <laughs> like, I say that, but to be honest, I don't mean it the way you think I mean it. <laughs> right? You're coming from the Christian world where you think I mean. You're out In if, you don't, if you don't have Jesus. Yeah, yeah. What I really mean is, Jesus is. <laughs> there's nothing you can do about it. He is non-negotiable, and whether or not you confess His name, whether or not I'm simply putting Him, I'm giving Him His due, and and defining that logic, is the mind we all have. Yes. It is the thing that makes us the extension of God. We are God 2.0 because logic has framed it, mm-hmm. and holds that together jesus is whether you confess him or not or not whether you understand the cross or not when i say jesus is non-negotiable i don't mean the christian version of that phrase i mean he's there and the new age religion has largely demoted him or ignored him and i'm simply saying nope this is who he is and i think the more and more it gets framed the more and more they realize that non-negotiable doesn't mean you must agree That's right. It means whether you agree or not, Mm -hmm. he's there. Yes. It's the same as looking at
1: if you take the
0: word Jesus out and you place it with
1: logic, it looks like a different picture. And if you take logic out and you put truth there, Mm -hmm. it looks like a similar picture. And all of a sudden, it becomes so much more inclusive. Yeah. So much more inclusive of the journey that each of us are on.
0: His, his, the non-negotiability of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is so non-negotiable, it don't matter if you believe them or not, because no. you got them. Sure. You're living in them, and we're all living in them, and that's a whole nother level of thinking about it. That mm-hmm. I'm sure there's people listening that are going to go, wait, did he just say what I think he said? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did. And in about three years from now, yeah. you'll realize just how deep that really goes.
1: Yeah if you're a
0: Christian and you're
1: listening to it and you look through John 17 Mm -hmm. that picture becomes so much more clear
0: so much more well thank you so much man yeah we're gonna have a lot of fun continuing some discussions we're gonna do some more episodes together yes and um I look forward to it I love you like I'm my brother
1: love you too man it's it's great I'm excited to see this grow
0: I am too yeah we've gotten some uh Starting to get organic followers and stuff like that. People I've never met, nobody I know knows. Starting to get out there, so it's beautiful. And that's really cool. Actually, my wife was actually encouraged me. She's like, "You should tell people." You know, so we have we have you know, upwards of uh, 250 people a month, unique listeners per month right now. Yeah. Um, it started at 12. Yeah. Um, and we're only three months in, and if you know anything about how this works, it. The exponential growth if it's something I believe that that there's many many people who have been looking for home yes Right. they've been looking for a framework when when somebody asked me for years what do you believe where do you go to church I had no answer now I do so the new age Christianity I have a you know um, and I don't even usually mention that I found it or anything like that I just say there's a website mm-hmm. go check it out you know it's, it's a it's a new concept it's being defined as we speak and it's it's really nice to have something to call home, yeah. and a group of people to you know call my family in that way. And it's it's
1: beautiful because instead of it being a place to be, it's a way to be.
0: Yes. Yes, it's and it is embracing what what the world is becoming anyway. Yes. Which is digital, virtual, decentralized, and it is um. It's it's putting out. These things in such a way. The goal is to put it out in such a way is that you don't have to agree, and that is, I believe, something that the world has been waiting for—a spiritual voice to stand up and, and say that. I think one of the next episodes we'll do is, is, you do end up getting into the philosopher trap, where we can pontificate for days yeah. and days and days and not come up with any answers. Yeah, yeah. And that's also not the answer. True, because there are truths and so there yes. are answers. Yes. And, uh Maybe we'll talk about that on the next one. That'd be great. So thank you guys for listening. And as always, if you just uh, consider donating uh, between you and the Holy Spirit, we appreciate those of you who do consider it. And uh, we will see you on the next episode. Thanks, guys.